Welcome to episode four of Advanced Scout, your favorite podcast about clutch baseball, a card game that's actually a board game about a ball game. I'm Paul Seeley, manager of the Fed Wheezy Fusion. Thanks for tuning in. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you that Clutch has a Discord, and it is awesome. Chat about the game, play games, check out cool team-building resources, discuss what the definition of a southern state is, and more. Come join us. A link to the Discord will be in the description of this podcast. What if I told you that you've been getting lied to for your entire life? By Big Pharma. From the very beginning, we are told what we need to take by these companies that profit off of us. And we're just supposed to trust them. It ends here. I will expose the truth. Did you know that Excedrin Migraine and Excedrin Extra Strength have the exact same active ingredients? It's true. 250 milligrams of acetaminophen, 250 milligrams of aspirin, and 65 milligrams of caffeine. Same ingredients. Two different products. Don't believe the lies they tell you. Both will treat pain. But let's talk some more about relievers. Every bullpen has eight relievers, but plenty of variety in what you do with them. Building a bullpen is much more of an art than a science. Let's talk about bullpen construction today, and at the end I'll use a few examples from Polar Power to demonstrate good construction. The most important aspect of bullpen building is getting enough innings to not have to pitch tired. I really can't emphasize this enough. Pitching tired is really bad. Giving the power die on every swing makes every pitcher terrible. To put this into perspective, Bryce Harper would have an expected on-base plus slugging of 1.101 against Phil Matone. He would have an expected OPS of 1.102 against tired Koji Uehara. And that's an 85-point pitcher compared to one of the best relievers in the game. Lower the tier of pitcher just a little. And Harper would have an expected OPS of 1.420 against the tired Taylor Rogers. Point being, you don't want to pitch tired. Spending a few points to make sure every pitcher in your bullpen can pitch at least somewhat competently is a good investment. Moreover, it's a better investment than investing in multi-inning guys. A one IP pitcher can pitch one inning two games in a row and then rest, meaning he pitches two-thirds of an inning per game, optimally. A two IP or three IP pitcher can pitch one inning in a game, then two innings the next game, then rest a day or one inning and then three innings and then rest two days. Either way, they pitch one inning per game optimally. Basically what this means is improving a guy from 50 points that you have no intention of ever using to someone that is at least usable will give you two-thirds of an inning per game, whereas changing a player from a one IP player to a two or three IP player will give you one-third of an inning per game. So if you have eight relievers you feel comfortable using, all of which are one IP, 
That's 16 thirds, or 5 and 1 third of an inning per game. The downside of running a bullpen like this is that it's inflexible. What if your starter gets blown up? You're going to need a lot of innings for this game. That's what multi-IP pitchers really give you. Flexibility. But you do pay for it. Bullpens need to be flexible. They're going to see a lot of different game situations and a lot of different kinds of hitters. But you also don't want to pay for something you won't need either. So let's talk about what you do need. Endings-wise, a lot is determined by your starting rotation. If you have a lot of low-ending or just bad starting pitchers, you'll probably want at least a couple of multi-IP guys. Purely from the standpoint of, there are going to be games where your starter gives you three innings, and you need to get six from your bullpen without pitching anyone tired. But let's say you have two multi-inning relievers, and six one-IP relievers. Your long relievers will give you two IP per game. Your short relievers will give you four IP per game. That's six IP per game. If you expect your starters to give you exactly three innings a game, this is probably not quite enough because you want to plan for at least 10 or 11. Both because this gives you more wiggle room and because the deeper your bullpen gets, the more likely it is that you can pick that L plus three reliever at the perfect time. But most rotations are going to give you at least four, maybe five innings per game. At least. Which means, I really don't think you need more than a couple of multi-inning relievers for 95% of teams. If you think you can consistently get six innings per game from your starters, you probably don't need any of them. Determining how many innings you'll get is just going to be up to experience and judgment. Okay, you've got innings taken care of. Let's look at the different situations you'll find. A reliever could be pitching in the 4th, 5th, or 6th inning before clutch moments come into play. They could be pitching in the 7th through ninth, where clutch moments are in play. They could be pitching against the heart of the lineup. They could be pitching against the bottom of the lineup. They could be pitching against righties, lefties, switch hitters, or any combination of those. These situations are not mutually exclusive. You could be pitching in the 8th inning against the heart of the order against right-handed hitters. The goal of every bullpen is to give you as many answers to all of these situations as possible. So let's talk about innings first. In the 4th, 5th, and 6th innings, it is extremely unlikely to find yourself in a clutch moment. So, negative clutch guys will likely fall into the players you want to pitch in this category. You can also pitch them in the 7th through 9th if the lead is more than 3, obviously. Pitching a positive clutch player in the 5th isn't bad, but pitching a negative three clutch pitcher in the seventh in a tie game probably is, if you look at cards like Full Count and Battle of Nerves. So you probably want a few pitchers to be pitchable in clutch moments. I'd see at least two main guys for those, and probably one more that can do it if necessary. Next, let's talk about spots in the order. Ideally, you want a good pitcher to pitch against the best hitters, and your weaker pitchers to pitch against the worst hitters. High leverage pitchers will often correlate with the clutch moment pitchers. Taylor Rogers and Kirby Yates are excellent pitchers against the heart of your opponent's order in clutch moments. But a pitcher like Jeremy Jeffress would be an excellent pitcher against the heart of the order in the sixth inning, but not necessarily in a clutch moment. So, these can overlap, but don't necessarily overlap. Your bullpen sees the heart of the order maybe two or three times, so you definitely want a couple of relievers who can handle that. Probably another one or two that can situationally handle that. 
finally, handedness. A handedness bonus on a pitcher is salaried as half of a base command. So a 4 command R plus 2 is the same as a 5 command with no bonus. What this means is that any time you can get a handedness bonus for over half of your batters faced, you are gaining some value there. If your pitcher is coming up against lefty, righty, lefty, they're getting two-thirds of an L plus bonus if they get all three outs, while they're only paying for half. Of course, you also don't want to depend too much on this as pitchers will give up hits, innings will extend, and you don't want your pitchers to be completely dependent on their handedness bonus, then they let runners on, and then they're facing an unplanned hitter that they just can't face. So, it's a delicate balance, but in general, it's nice to have at least some way of getting a little bit of an advantageous matchup against right-handed hitters, left-handed hitters, and switch hitters. You also got to take into consideration the handedness of your pitchers themselves. You want to have at least some kind of balance of left-handed and right-handed pitchers. This is a bit of a game of predicting the meta of what your opponents will bring, but I tend to prefer to try to get at least close to an even split. One thing that isn't mandatory, but I do think is very strong, is ensuring you have pitchers who can use Setup Man 2.0. Setup Man 2.0 negates all additions to the pitcher swing, including the power die, for the inning, while a pitcher with a K or hold icon is pitching in the 7th or 8th. This is huge for a few reasons. First, negating all of those effects basically stops all of the offensive strats your opponent can play for one inning. Also, you can get it consistently because you have until the 7th or 8th to draw the card, which gives you plenty of time to find it. Finally, you get to control when you play it. This is the best part. There's a pretty good chance that your opponent will want to play their best strategy cards on their best hitters, which, I mean, makes sense. There's also a good chance that those hitters will hit in either the 7th or the 8th, which means you can pretty consistently predict when this is going to happen and deny those optimal plays from your opponent. This is even more powerful if your opponent uses clutch moment cards because they likely have been saving those since the 4th or the 5th and are ready to use them in the 7th or 8th, which you can then deny with Setup Man 2.0. I won't be including Setup Man 2.0 in my analysis of the Polar Power teams as it isn't exactly mandatory, but I would highly suggest looking at having a couple of relievers, preferably one right-handed and one left-handed, that can use Setup Man. Okay, we've got long relievers, clutch moments, batter position in the order, and handedness. Let's look at a few teams to see how they accomplish all of these things. One of my favorite bullpens in Polar Power is the Orange County Aces. Their bullpen consists of Dallin Patances, Carlos Rodon, Taylor Rogers, Ken Giles, Robbie Erlin, Jeremy Jeffress, and Cole Stewart. That's a pretty expensive bullpen, but not at the top of the league. But it does make up for a very weak rotation of 845 total points. So, first looking at innings. The Aces have two six-inning starters, two five-inning starters, and a four-inning starter, all of which are pretty bad. So it seems pretty likely that the Aces will see three inning outings occasionally, four and five inning outings fairly often, and six inning outings rarely, if at all. So there will be games where Aces need six innings from the bullpen, but on average, four or five per game would be the bare minimum, with five or six being a lot more comfortable. 
The Aces have three multi-inning pitchers, Rodon, Erlen, and Stewart. That will give them plenty of options for when the starter leaves early. If the game is just way out of reach, someone like Stewart can eat some innings, whereas if the game is closer, Rodon and Erlen are excellent. Three multi-inning pitchers and five 1-IP pitchers grant six and one-third innings per game. That's a good number. Maybe even a little more than necessary, but playing it safe with a weak rotation like that is not a bad idea. I really can't blame him. In clutch moments, Aces have a ton of options. Patances, Rodon, Rogers, and Giles are all good pitchers with positive clutch. Rogers and Giles are the best options if he plans on using clutch moment cards of his own, as both have plus three clutch, but Rodon and Patances have plus one and won't get hurt by opponent's strat play. Additionally, all four have reasonably high extra base hits. This is important because clutch moments see lots of plays that add to the swing and grant the power die for the swing. So, a 24-25 home run instead of 23 is pretty valuable, as is a 22-23 or 24 double instead of a 21. When it's not a clutch moment, everyone else is very a capable pitcher. Against the best hitters, Batances, Rodon, Rogers, Giles, and Jeffress would all be very good choices. All have base command above 5 and decent to great charts. Against the lower hitters, all those pitchers are obviously good if you still have them, but Erlen, Stewart, and Matone are very capable. For handedness, Erlen gives a good bonus against righties, Giles, Rodon, and Stewart gives bonuses against lefties, and Erlen and Stewart give a bonus against switch hitters. While an extra pitcher with a bonus against righties would be nice, when the third cheapest pitcher in your bullpen is 6 command, you really don't need it. The Aces' primary clutch moment pitchers, Giles and Rogers, are one righty and one lefty. The other two, Rodon and Batances, are also one righty and one lefty. Overall, there are five righties and three lefties, but given that two of those lefties are the crucial ones and all three are very good pitchers, that's a pretty reasonable split. Overall, the Aces have multiple pitchers who can handle any situation and will be able to be flexible enough to utilize that to their advantage due to having a good amount of innings, but not too many either. Okay, that was a bullpen of 1,705 points. Let's look at the most expensive bullpen in Polar Power, Banger Xenon, coming in at 1,985. The Xenon have a bullpen of Josh Hader, Dylan Batances, Koji Uehara, Seth Lugo, Matt Whistler, Robbie Erlen, Brandon Brennan, and Colby Allard. Without going into the full checklist again, let's just say that this covers the basis of what Xenon needs sufficiently, because it would be pretty difficult to make a bullpen of 1,985 points that doesn't. And it does have a nice variety of handedness bonuses too. What makes this team stand out is that Xenon is using Kyle Snyder, meaning that he can pitch a reliever first, then bring his starter out, who still only has to pitch through the third inning. So, realistically, Xeon could pitch each starter for only one inning and use the bullpen for the rest. If you don't count Allard, who is only here as a mop-up pitcher, Xeon has four multi-inning pitchers and three single-inning pitchers. That will grant six innings per game, which means more than likely, Xeon is going to have to pitch his starter at least three innings, or pitch Kobe Allard, who sucks in most of their games, or pitch Patances or Koji Tired, which isn't the worst, but isn't the best either. And this season, that has so far been true. Of the 11 games that Xenon has played, 
they have either pitched Allard, a tired reliever, or a starter for three innings in all of those games but one. I'm sure the pitching has been perfectly fine. You spend that much, you're going to have good pitching. But I think Zeon spent a ton of points and a pitching coach into a bullpen that is probably going to cover a pretty similar amount of innings as the bullpen that the Aces have. And the Aces have starters that are bad, but not minimum salary bad. For the final team, let's look at the Sacramento Panthers. The Panthers have a bullpen of 1,385 points, which is pretty close to the middle of the league in salary. I didn't want to highlight a low-cost bullpen because it's pretty easy to say, hey, that cheap bullpen is bad. And I would generally recommend not going for a cheap bullpen unless you have a specific plan in mind. But the Panthers are lower compared to the other two we've looked at today. They have a bullpen of Sean Doolittle, Kenley Jansen, Daniel Hudson, Rowanis Elias, Wander Suero, Buck Farmer, Adam Conley, and Gregory Soto. In contrast to the Aces and the Xenon, the Panthers have a very good rotation. A 7 IP starter, 3 6 IP starters, and a 4 IP starter. But all of them are very good pitchers, which means it will be pretty unlikely to see 4 of the starters go below 5 innings, and the 4 IP might get down to 3, but probably won't most of the time. So there might occasionally be a time when the Panthers need 6 innings from their bullpen, but that would be pretty unlikely. More than likely, judging by the quality of pitching, I would expect the Panthers to need on average 3-4 to four innings from the bullpen a game. And you can tell that the Panthers built with this in mind because they have no multi-inning pitchers except for Soto, who sucks and is just a mop-up guy. Even so, the 7-1 inning relievers will give the Panthers 4 and 2 thirds innings per game, which should grant plenty of enough flexibility to use them optimally most of the time. Doolittle, Jansen, and Hudson are solid pitchers against the best hitters, and all three have positive clutch, so they're great in clutch moments too. Buck Farmer also has positive clutch and could pitch in a clutch moment as well if needed. Doolittle and Jansen do have 23 home run though, so that could hurt if they come in against the cold-blooded, but ultimately the Panthers are taking that risk. For handedness, Doolittle, Hudson, and Soto bring a bonus against lefties, even though I wouldn't recommend using Soto to pitch for that reason in most circumstances. Elias and Suero bring bonuses against righties. Hudson and Elias bring a bonus against switch hitters. Of the top two high-leverage pitchers, Doolittle is a lefty and Jansen is a righty. Of the other relievers, three are righties, two good pitchers are lefties, and Gregory Soto is a lefty. That's a great balance there. The Panthers should have enough innings to not have to use Soto too often, and will have plenty of flexibility to match up as best as possible at the best time. This is a cheaper end bullpen done right, and combined with their fantastic rotation, is going to mean that there are no innings in which they have any exploitable pitchers. In the end, relievers and clutch aren't really that different from pain relievers. There are multiple types of pain relievers, but you don't want to take too much acetaminophen, nor too much aspirin, because that can hurt you. If you really need the heavy-duty pain relievers, you need both. Relievers and clutch are the same. If you roster eight right-handed relievers, that will hurt you. You need to vary it up to balance everything out. And just like Excedrin, that's not a difficult pill to swallow. <laughs>